You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Star Wars Faster, More Intense. I am uh, your host. You got, Hey, do you guys even recognize the sound of my voice? It's been since December of 2020 since we put out an episode on this feed. I, I, I'm Michael Cohen. You guys, do you guys know who I am? I, I, of course, I, I hope that everybody has been listening along as we've been doing Bad Batch stuff over on the Rebel Cells feed. But if you haven't, there's a whole season's worth of content over on Rebel Cells. I, I, so go listen to that. I've also been doing the Thunder Quack podcast uh, in the meantime, talking about Star Wars over there occasionally. But we're back. We're back. And, and we're, it's, is it a new format? It's not a new format. It's a new release schedule. You guys are going to be getting at least one episode a month from now on uh, of Faster, More Intense. Um, uh, this, I, it was a challenge to fit this into my schedule figure out how that was going to work but uh but but uh carl leclerc from the wampas lair left me hanging on the show that we were doing together uh no he got a new job and and so his schedule changed and so suddenly i found myself with every fourth monday uh open to uh to record something and uh and i thought this is a great opportunity to get into some cool star wars conversations with cool people and so that's what we're going to do uh, so once a month, I'm going to have a guest on the Faster, More Intense feed, and we're going to talk about Star Wars. And then when Book of Boba Fett starts, we'll do the the regular recap episodes of that um, until that's done. And then hopefully we get to roll into Obi-Wan or Andor or something like that pretty quick. But, uh, but until then, you're going to get monthly episodes with guests. And speaking of guests, on this episode... You may have already noticed it because you read the description. It's I always find that funny. It's like it's in the description. It's in the title. I'm going to I'm going to lead with it in the text, but that's OK. In case you just blindly downloaded this or it automatically played on your podcatcher and you're unaware. Surprise. We have Marie Claire Gould from What the Force. I thank you so much for being here. Hi. Yeah. Uh, this is great. Thank you for inviting me. We've been talking about this for a lot while we tried to yeah. meet up in person, but you know, yep. scheduling conflicts and pandemic and <sighs> yeah, know, everything. Yeah. Life <laughs> is you. chaos all the time. <laughs> but thank yeah. you for having me on the show. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is what, this has been one of my goals. I've said that on Twitter a few times. It's like, it's like put put things out there, put put energy out into the universe. And a few times I'm like, I just want to have Marie Claire on a Star Wars podcast and talk Star Wars. Because <laughs> when I listen to the show, when I listen to you guys on on What the Force, it's always it always feels like a three person conversation. But like, but but you guys are just ignoring me because because you'll be talking and I'll just be like, yeah, no, I totally wait. No, they can't hear me. I'm I'm not on this show. I, I, but it just, it, the conversations are always just so 
awesome and engaging that uh, that I often want to interject and uh, and and put my two cents in and uh, <laughs> uh, so that's why it's a that's why it was like a thing of like oh I gotta have Marie Claire on the podcast at some time at some oh. point in time. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, what the force is primarily a discussion podcast. Occasionally, I do the once in a blue moon singleton podcast i think i have done three over the course of my <laughs> podcast career talking to myself doesn't work as well as talking to others so yeah i can definitely see it being something that uh, many people have even told me they they were like i was talking along with it or i feel like i'm in the room yeah. and you two or three are having like this very intense conversation on these topics and what the force covers sort of everything from a metamythical perspective and we incorporate a sort of some literary and uh, mythical psychological uh, analysis into it. Mm -hmm. I also really love to cover the music because I am myself not musical, but I really love um I uh, like I I really love learning about the music. So I yeah. selfishly like find musical experts to teach me one-on-one -on -one <laughs> yeah. over the course of my podcast and then I edit it for them and they're like this is really great and I'm like haha you fools you taught me how the music works don't you understand <laughs> that I got all the benefit out of this yeah. but no no they seem to really enjoy it and uh yeah <laughs> that's yeah, the podcast actually, <laughs> you're, you're 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 the person that that we have to thank for our awesome uh theme music because listening to what the force and the awesome theme music that you guys have i went and and you guys showed out christy crew every episode yeah so i went on and i and i contacted christy and was like i want i want a star wars like a like our own original star wars style theme for for our shows as well um yeah and uh, Christy and, is brilliant, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. And Christy joins amazing. me on on the sort of meta music episodes that we do and uh, has just a beautiful ear, isn't like biggest John Williams fangirl. And we also occasionally yeah. have Frank Lehman, who's um, a um, musical theorist who works for I'm trying to remember just momentarily. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, okay. no, it's, I'll, I'll, it's it's Tufts University. Tufts okay. University is where yeah. he works, and uh, yeah, so he actually has published uh, the motif Star Wars motific catalog, which um, covers all of the uh, light motif themes that uh, John Williams and others have created mm -hmm. for Star Wars so far. It's uh, very comprehensive and uh helps us really kind of zero in and understand what is being said with the music and it's been a it's been a fun time to also explore what um ludwig uh Gorenson has done with the Ma yeah. mandalorian too yeah it's it, 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 it we we find ourselves in a very interesting period in star wars and i think that when we look back at this like we look back now at the prequels and, and we think of that era and it's it's one of those things where it's like when you're in it Sometimes it's really hard to see, you know, the forest for the trees. I, yeah. but I, I think when we look back at this period, um, the 10 years sort of post acquisition, we're going to look back at it and go like, it's so interesting. Like Star Wars was really trying to figure out what it was going to be after George. And, yeah. and, and there are, there are places where it's like, where, where it came sprinting out of the gate 
the Mandalorian season one and Ludwig's yeah. score in particular, I think is like, oh, wow, this is the first thing that really feels like it's its own thing. Like it's, it's like, own, like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, this it's has an identity thing. Yeah. It's different. And yet it also feels like Star Wars, which yeah. was fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would also say that Rebels in it, in and of itself, like trying a new animation style, yeah. going back to the Macquarie art, although that's like like a weird step back, also launched forward in was very yeah. brave totally as a story, um, yeah. you know, and uh, like you know, what was done with, uh, the last Jedi, especially it was very brave and <laughs> yeah. groundbreaking and wonderful. Yeah. And then there's also like these weird, like missteps that this era has had, um, to do with like, Oh, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Mounty Hunters comic. I feel like mm -hmm. it's needlessly gritty and violent, uh, <laughs> and not my thing at all. Um, the dark visions comic number two, three the one uh with the vader fangirl yeah total yeah. misstep and like oh uh 49 percent of tross yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that that's Hard. accurate i think yeah. i think that's oh. a very good that's a very good uh percentage for me as well <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's a percentage that's big enough that we can't ignore it you can't just gloss over it because like because for contrast like for me rogue one kind of fits into that where it's like rogue one is a little bit shaky for me um because because i don't necessarily need star wars to be gritty or dark i i actually don't want it to be right star wars rebels is my favorite star wars property uh, uh story within the franchise mm. um and and one of the main reasons is that it is like it's it has that bright hopeful uh yeah. vibe to it while also and getting into some also a lot of comedy and, yeah there's also and, yeah. a lot of comedy yeah yeah but but rogue one to me it's like it's like all of the jokes in rogue one are a jokes about death right like like k2so is a hilarious character and i love alan tudyk's performance but it also like it always it's it's like it stings it's like it's like uh it's it's sour instead of sweet right and so for me it's like i look at rogue one and i go like there's probably like 30 percent of rogue one that doesn't work for me specifically and i know that it works for other people and that's cool but for me specifically it doesn't but that third I can overlook and I can watch Rogue One and I and definitely get to the third act. And when those when the when the rebel fleet shows up, it's like, I don't care. I don't care what problems I had with this movie. <laughs> this is about as cool as Star Wars gets. So let's go. Right. But with Tross, it's like it's like it's not even that it's like like chunks or thematic components or anything like that. It's almost like every every time we get something good. And again, this is subjective. This is my opinion. But every time we get something good, there is like an aftertaste on it. Yeah. Like, like everything has like a, it's, it's, it's like, it's not Diet Coke. It's like Coke Zero, right? Where like Coke Zero, <laughs> you're drinking it and you're like, hey, they did it. They managed to make a Coke that tastes like Coke without a weird aspartame flavor oh no wait there it is there's the stevia okay i i taste it now <laughs> this is awful i finally I don't like got this. it <laughs> yeah yeah and then that's all you're kind of left with and you're you're yeah. you're left with a lot of confusion around 
like what it was trying to say and how it was trying to say it. And, and, uh, you know, I've talked a lot about this, especially with uh, Ty Black, you know, it's very cognitively dissident and even symbolically dissident. So um, it's saying one thing with some of the symbolism, right? Because symbolism is just another type of language that we as humans use to communicate it's just like a written language or uh, nonverbal communication or symbols mm-hmm. that we uh you know use uh we we use symbols even in how we communicate online with emojis or memes or um you know words that mean slightly different things because of how symbolic they are yeah and it, it it's trying to say things like it almost uh, semi understands what the symbolisms are meant to be, uh, the symbolism and the symbols are meant to be, but then it like uses it in slightly the wrong way or it uses part of it and then doesn't complete the conversation to say, well, this, this is the logical conclusion of what you're saying. Uh, So it feels off to many people, right? Like just, and, and, and part of like the story was calling for a more mythical and uh, satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of just leaves you a little empty inside. Yeah. And any sort of like joy you're, you're reading into it. So you come at it and you read it with your own lens, you know, and that's not a great it shouldn't be ambiguous. Like, I just don't feel like that's good storytelling to be like, ah, yes, this was a choose your own adventure Star Wars movie to end 40 years of storytelling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's (laughs) such a, it's such a misreading of, um, of the cave scene on Dagobah where it's like, Ryan totally understood it because when we get the cave in, in the last Jedi, it's like that's the right kind of ambiguous. That's the right kind of like, well, what what's in there? Whatever you take with you, right? Like it's it's it, that both of those scenes do the same thing, but then they're scenes. They're scenes within a movie. They're scenes within a larger narrative that has very clearly defined, you know, I uh, I uh, uh, thematic qualities and 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 symbolism and stuff like that. Whereas Tross is very like, it's very like. No, like the whole movie is like a cave, and like and and the fact yeah. that they do the cave scene again with the you know, on in uh, in the throne room, but but that it's not even that like that one's not ambiguous to me. It's very clear what what it means when when she sees the literal dark version of herself, right? There's nothing ambiguous there. It's just hollow. It's just empty, right? It's just yeah. like. It's just like okay, so she's got shark teeth. Uh, uh, Nito. Oh, scary! Yeah. No, and yeah. and uh, JJ or Chris Terrio had uh, you know to, that fear, that uh, fear of yeah, <laughs> the the uh, yeah, it just uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of. Uh, somebody with uh more time and uh, more interest in and in understanding jj and chris terrio's yeah. psychology could dig into it and probably discover all sorts of interesting things but um you know i i just i struggle with it because it's now part of our canon yeah. it is there we have it to live is. with it we have to we have to live with uh ray being a palpatine which like yeah. thematically 
I have no problem with that. It been executed maybe yep. better yep. earlier. Um, lost princess, dark princess stories are really, really fascinating. But part of the problem is how it comes about and how it's like uh, placed upon her like a patriarchal tag rather yeah. than um, say given to her and something that she can both understand and then uh, consume for her own power and use. Instead, she's yeah. like afraid of it the whole movie and it's just weak and weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, it, but no, that's exactly it. And that, and that's, that's what I was saying. Like, it's that weird aftertaste thing. Cause it's like at the same time that it's like, Oh, we're going to bring back Palpatine. And you're like, you see that trailer and you're like, they're going to bring back Palpatine uh, like as a, as a force ghost or is yeah. it a clone maybe like, like I remember the speculation that we all had after that moment. And it was like, this could be really, really cool. Having Ian McDiarmid back is not a bad thing. Right. But then to watch the movie and it be like, uh, his, you're, you're my granddaughter. And, and here are two characters that are your parents that will go unnamed for years after the fact. And it's just one of those things where every time I, I'm, I'm, sitting watching that movie it's my daughter's favorite star wars movie to ask for like if i say like no i i often have to like kind of force that we're gonna watch a star wars movie but when i go like no we're gonna watch star wars let's pick one and uh and she always goes for rise of skywalker for some reason i think it's just the key art on disney plus i I think that's what it is she's five right like it's she's just going for whatever looks i mean the rise of skywalker is gonna be people's first star wars and i i said that beforehand and i and uh, like in so many ways like there was like raylos that were like new raylos after it was confirmed on screen and they love like what the rise of skywalker gave to them because they didn't understand it beforehand they didn't understand the like Raylo dynamic or whatever um i just i don't know i i'm disappointed in what happened um but i also have no need to see the movie ever again which is kind (laughs) of like like and the antithesis of what star wars is to most people like i literally yeah. have not seen it since i left the theater in december oh, really? of 2019 wow yeah that's i see that and is it, a strength it, that it, i do not possess <laughs> it is like burned into yeah. my brain i know yeah. all of it still and i listened to the music too to do a musical deep dive yeah episode and talk through like what the music was doing and uh what the uh editors and the musical editors did to the music and how much they uh, hurt my soul because of what they took away from John Williams yeah. uh, and his final chance to write a star war. Uh, so it's, it's struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, 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 Danielle, who's been on, on the podcast a couple of times. Um, I, I, a Spartan Danny on, on, well, I guess her, her actual Twitter thing is 87 zoo lemons or whatever, but I, I, she's been on a few times. She's never watched it. She's never watched it. She, she heard some of the, the, I think that she read the leaked script mm. or the, the leaked screenplay or, or like read a synopsis of it and was like, if that's what the movie is, I don't want to see it. And then when it got confirmed that like, yeah, that is what the movie is like that, that some of these things do in fact happen. She just never, 
just never saw and she's she hasn't seen it to this day and to me it's like that is a like that is a conviction that i admire so much because for me it's like i literally left the theater and had to i had to go see it again that weekend in order to try and process it and the interesting thing is that it's it was actually very similar to the last jedi for me where i walked out of the last jedi the force awakens i walked out and was like star wars is back i'm so ecstatic this is the best thing ever um i was so happy with it i didn't like the wrath tar scene the first time for some reason and then on subsequent viewings i was like actually i think that's my favorite scene in the movie and it it is one of my favorite parts of that movie (laughs) but the last jedi i walked out and i was like i am so conflicted right now but like in a really good way and i couldn't express it until i'd seen the movie like three or four more times and then i was able to come out of it and start going like no i love this i love this and and especially poe's story and how i relate to that talked about it on the podcast and online and stuff like that that like i just i see so much of myself in his journey in that and my problems with women in authority in positions of authority and like it's all like this is classic male stuff that we all need to unpack and move past and get over and ryan like put it into a star war and i it and a lot of people haven't reconciled that and that's one of the reasons why they rub so uh, uh wrong against against the last jedi but I eventually walked out of like was was able to reconcile that one and go like actually this is this is one of my top three Star Wars movies, um, and then with Rise of Skywalker I thought like I got I have to do the same thing obviously obviously mm-hmm. like I missed something like something in there just didn't didn't hit so I just I went back and I think I saw it in the theater three and a half times one time I got called away for a kid emergency and never got to go back and finish that other half but I I but yeah three and a half times in the theater and I've probably watched it five times since it's been on digital and I and and every time I watch it's such a funny experience because the first act I'm always like oh this isn't no it's not actually that bad I'm being hyperbolic I'm being so silly and then you <laughs> And then you get to the to the like the holding the 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 ship I uh, uh, the the repeated scene from from the Last Jedi when yeah. they're fighting over the ship and the lightning comes out of her fingers and Chewbacca doesn't die for real and uh, and I'm it's just like oh here we go because everything up until the snake scene like the snake scene to me is like like when she heals the snake I'm like ooh this is good. This is good. She's healing the snake. The snake is Kylo Ren. This is interesting. And then we move away from that. And the rest of the movie is just everybody yelling at each other for two hours about who's good and bad. And I don't even know. And it's like, I'm the spy. What? You're the, that doesn't make any sense for your character. It's just like, (laughs) it's just decision after decision where you're just like, I don't, I just can't, I can't vibe. What is this movie? But it is, it (laughs) is. It is that thing of like, eventually you said this earlier, like we have to, we do have to accept it as canon. And that's, that's, we, we've taken a long time to get here, but this is the point of our conversation tonight. This is what we (laughs) we were going to talk about is the, I was trying to lead you, lead you back. Yeah. Is, is canon (laughs) and, and how important it is, uh, what, whether it matters or not. Um, we've got star Wars visions coming out, uh, as, as you and I record this in two days, like, like, really really like let's be honest tomorrow night at midnight i i and and 
and visions is the first thing i i would say really like the first the first thing post acquisition where they're being upfront about the fact that like hey some of this is not what we would consider canon with a capital c but they are cool star wars stories and isn't that what we're here for um which i i really like and every, and a month ago there was the whole discourse of like hey what if they did a star wars what if and i'm sitting there going like first off like they literally did. they yes they've star wars infinities exists for the first three movies and i yes. don't understand why we haven't gotten more for the other <laughs> six movies whatever i i in the saga but but hopefully marvel will figure that out and do it eventually um but uh at least for the prequels i think for now and then wait another 10 years and do it for the sequels let people process them and come up with better ideas and cool stuff to 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 probe but that exists star wars infinities exists and then on top of that they we were all gearing up for for visions it's it literally is star wars what if it's just not like it's not the very pointed marvel way of doing it of like what if this one thing was different with visions it's just like what if star wars was different (laughs) right like Like, what if it was still star wars but just like just a slightly different lens and i'm really really hoping that visions gives some people in the star wars fandom a perspective that hey it can be different stuff it doesn't that who cares how big a Star Destroyer is? I don't need to know how many meters long a Victory Class Star Destroyer is. It doesn't affect anything in the story. It certainly isn't mythic, right? A Star Destroyer is big. That's the only thing you need to know about a Star Destroyer in order to understand what's important about it. It's bigger than the little ship that's the good guys, and it's very clearly evil, <laughs> That's like, that's what we need to know. Right. And so like that to me, that's the core of the conversation. I'm teeing all of that up. I talked a bunch. I'm going to, I'm going to pass it back to you. Why? I want to know from you, from, from your perspective, why doesn't it matter? What, what, what is it about, about Star Wars? It's not Star Trek, right? It's not, you know, hard sci-fi sci-fi fantasy why why doesn't it matter in star wars how like how a lightsaber works or how big a star destroyer is or whatever okay so uh first i want to clarify that i actually think that it's okay that people love that stuff in star wars like everybody uh can get their own thing out of star wars but this is entirely from like how i like to consume star wars and Uh, a lot of people who like to listen to me like to think about it from that perspective. And Star Wars has always been about deep dives into characters and their like psychological BS being thrown at them in the form of their dark father or Darth Vader um, coming after them with a lightsaber. It is, um, it is a way for uh, psychological, mm, transfiguration to happen through the adventures that they are experiencing right and if it's part journey right and one of my struggles that i've always had and really what what really helped me push the 
the the tipping point on this was reading the legends of luke skywalker mm. which is actually my favorite star wars thing which is uh it's a book by ken Liu. um it's considered to be a junior novelization or a <laughs> young adult novelization um but he wrote it and it's it's a frame story about a bunch of kids that are working on a transport ship transferring fathers to Canto Bite. And it's very much like uh, you would say the Canterbury Tales, right? So it's about these kids and this this crew telling stories on a ship about Luke Skywalker. And so the stories themselves that they tell are unreliable narrators because it's legends. It's yeah. mythology about Luke Skywalker. And none of it could be real or part of it could be real or it could be based in some sort of reality. Uh, and these kids themselves just talk about Luke Skywalker and what it means to them that these stories exist. So the stories themselves, like people like get caught up in whether the stories that Luke like whether Luke actually did any of the things that I'm like, this yeah. is like not the point, right? This is this is not the the point of mythos. The point of mythos is to have the story and the story be entertaining and for you also to be able to use it as a specific lens to look at your own life and examine your own life or look at your own mm -hmm. situation and examine your own situation. And it's supposed to be some sense of heightened reality, like... um. My favorite story within it is iDroid, which mm. is the story of a droid who uh, is captured like a like a basically a a, a droid that uh, is like a landscape droid can cut down trees and move rocks and mm. is captured by this evil race of people that use droids to mine a planet and it's all metaphorical for the experience of falling to the dark side and being forced to kind of become uh, something that you're not and what it's like to have a redemption story as a metaphor for that and when I had an opportunity to actually interview Ken Liu he was like holy hell, you like get it, you understand. And and <laughs> yeah. like he was just really, really happy to hear that like reflected back that the the point is that all stories, all stories are mythical or mythology. We mm -hmm. ourselves tell stories to ourselves about our past experience. It's how we remember what has happened to us. So none of us... <laughs> actually are experiencing our own interpretations of anything that we've been like the the truth of anything that we've yeah. experienced before it's through our you know hey we've grown and we can look back on our past and it's through either a lens of pain or a lens of understanding or a lens of hey we made ourselves look more grandiose in our own memory of things or it was tainted by who we were around and now things are not quite the same everything is a story and the idea that my canon <laughs> or your canon or anybody's canon uh, will be good canon or the best canon or the only canon mm -hmm. is kind of like fallacious in and of itself, right? Because that's just not how cognition works. It's not how uh, we work as humans.
that all being said, (laughs) there is a certain um, power to having certain things mean something canonically. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, making something quote unquote canon brings power to it. Like, like the fact that Ray and Kylo kiss, but it's not treated that way from a Star Wars perspective. It's treated like, like this ambiguous, like choose your own adventure, like to what we were talking about, um, Mm -hmm. takes power away from it for those that wanted that to happen because the story itself is set to be ambiguous and they chose to not complete it. So, you know what I would actually prefer going forward if they were going to do that <laughs> they create like literally multiple endings like mm-hmm. clue or something yeah <laughs> just like buy into it like whole and then people can select their own instead of say cutting the story in half and trying to please everybody um or just be brave enough to tell the story that you were wanting to tell in the first place yeah yeah. yeah yeah to me yeah that's the thing. it's it's so funny because i i i i was not a raylo until after the fact uh until until actually actually way after the fact until until a few months after rises of skywalker came out and and i remember sitting in the theater and that moment happens and being like oh i guess i was wrong like that was my interpretation <laughs> of it because like, cause I can remember having arguments with uh, my, my co-host Amanda on, on the Thunderquack podcast. Cause she, she walked out of the force awakens a Raylo. She was like, yeah. Oh my God, the two of them are going to get nasty. And I was like, no, they're not. That's so dumb. He's the bad guy. He's, he's a gross, despicable bad guy. It's a trick when he takes his mask off and he's a pretty boy. It's a deception because it's the dark yeah. side. Like I was doing so much work to try <laughs> and maintain my image of what he what, was, what he was yeah. supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And, and even throughout the last Jedi, I was still like, Nope. they're just trying to make him relatable but then at the end of the movie by the end of the movie he's like no i am a bad guy that's what that's what he proved to us right With and his it sad wasn't puppy face yeah it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> until much much later i i and 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 ty ty black oh it, she really gets a lot of the credit for turning me around on this because it was one of her videos that that got the wedge in that like I was just on YouTube one day and one of those wit and folly videos got suggested and I was like, what's this? I think I'd been watching other video essays like movies with Mikey or something like that. And it got yeah. suggested and and I went in and I watched it and I was like, huh, this is interesting. Clearly, I'm missing a lot of perspective because uh, because I just was raised as a man and that's the lens that I brought. So I uh, so I just started to I started to just listen like that's how it began was just listening and then eventually I I I attempted to engage in 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 the discourse and and made a huge error you can go back and listen to the episode the first, I think it's the first episode that we did with Danielle uh where we recount it because that's how I met Danielle was was in the midst of <laughs> was that she, was she kind to you <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I said the wrong thing, wrong thing to the wrong person. I to- was totally out of line. 
not realizing because I wasn't a part of, I wasn't on Twitter during the last Jedi. I wasn't on Twitter until after rise of Skywalker. So I missed the whole like toxic, crazy side of the Raylo stuff that went on, like where people were like attacking people mm. and stuff like, like I, it just, it was not something that was on my radar. Um, so I said something that I now know is would be a massive trigger and came off as one of those horrible, awful people um, to the wrong person and just got like, I got, I, I call, I, I, I kicked the, the hornet's nest unknowingly, right? Like, and just got swarmed. And in the midst of it said, I'm so sorry. This is not, this was not my intention. I was, I was literally trying to just like, enter into the conversation i see that i am not welcome in this conversation can someone please explain to me your perspective so that because i really genuinely want to understand and danielle was very kind to me and and gave me some perspective that added to that stuff that sort of ty had already cracked that door open and that and if her and a few other people push the door open even further and then i started listening to your show and your show started to just like like open the door all the way and then eventually <laughs> by by the summer of 2020 in the midst of the pandemic i was just like i get it like i i, I don't know how i don't i can't really even understand it but it is so funny because it is relating this all back into canon i had a perspective mm -hmm. i thought I knew what that story was and I was so sure of myself. You can go back and listen. Thankfully. Oh man. I'm so grateful for the fact this is sarcasm, by the way, that I have hours and hours and hours of recorded audio on the internet, freely accessible to anybody who wants to take me down a peg <laughs> of how sure I was about how that story was going to go after the last Jedi. <clears throat> and I was so, I mean, I look, let's be honest. A lot of us were wrong because we really didn't see the rise of Skywalker coming because how could we? Well, hey, I was um, right about a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and like at, at what cost though? At what That's cost? Yeah. Question. I, but, yeah. <laughs> but it is so funny how, how that lens and that perspective can change what canon means to a person right and now now like i'm full raylo right like i like my water bottle has ray and kylo ren from the last jedi on it like little cartoony <laughs> versions i uh, and welcome to and the I, ship and i draw raylo uh, i mm -hmm. haven't drawn raylo stuff in a, in a while but i uh, i your your art is awesome thank you I wasn't fishing for that, but I appreciate it. I, and I, yeah, I mean, like, like it just like, I somehow that switch flipped in me and all of a sudden I was like, I see the value in this. And it was funny how, like, it wasn't just the story that changed Adam driver changed for me, like who he, who he was and how he appeared in my mind's eye physically, really? nothing changed about him, ah. but, but the way that I see him and react to him completely changed. Um, I did also watch the marriage story somewhere in there. And, and that also like, that's part of it, right? Like it definitely 
my wife always says like like before that because because she would talk to amanda and be like i do not understand the appeal i don't get what you see in this in this actor and then we watched marriage story and she we finished watching that movie and she was like oh, i get it now <laughs> like all of a sudden she understood what the what the 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 sexual appeal of of adam driver was and i was like yeah it's and some people have a very fanatical devotion to this man uh that like at the time i didn't understand either and it's like over time it was like oh no i i guess i do i i do get and i watch more of his movies and stuff like that and he's a very good actor he's he's phenomenally talented i i both dramatically and comedically i mean he is so good on like SNL. his snl yeah it's just and it, solid. and it just like it completely changes my opinion and and literally like the story beats in the last jedi like now i watch it and when he smashes the helmet it means it's something completely different to me now than it did five years ago you know Mm -hmm. um is that how many years it's been i don't know i yeah i guess close to almost i so it it just it's it is these stories first of all are not one thing to all people even the canon stuff even the movies and also they are not one thing to an individual person at all points in their life, you know? Like, yeah, and it can change, too, yeah. once you experience new things. And that's that's something that's actually kind of interesting about uh, about Twitter to watch. People who have uh, done a rewatch after they've had, yeah. a, like, a huge life change, like had a child or yeah. something or yeah. gotten married. And then suddenly they're like, wait a second, I get this idea. Um you know, and and I think that that's something that that we forget too. Like sometimes you're stuck in your psyche of uh, of what you experience when you first experienced Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I do think that what was really interesting for a period of time, just po- like pre Tross, was when they did the Galaxy of Adventures and they sort mm-hmm. of redid like scenes of star wars from a different perspective and we also got like lego star wars which redoes Star Wars from a lego window right like it's 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 in a lego world view of this and it allows people to kind of take a step back and like reevaluate what is going on in the story and what is trying to be said and maybe help separate them a little bit from I don't know, like this, this sense of expectation. And mm. in many ways, that's like why I want to run as far away from the Skywalker saga as possible yeah. and have them tell stories of people we don't know, because then it's all going to be new for all of us. And it has the opportunity to say something completely different. And unfortunately, because of how they've been telling stories up until this point. The only sort of semi new story that we've received is actually Thrawn. Hmm. Right. Even though we know who he is and who he becomes and all of those things. um, The, the first prequel Thrawn novelization is, is like the first time that we've had something that was so weird and different. Hmm. (laughs) It was an like, so far away from the galaxy far far away (laughs) that it was actually a different story (laughs) which is so weird to think right um i truthfully just 
want new stories about people we don't know so that we have an opportunity to analyze star wars without any baggage yeah yeah i'm i'm really hoping that 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 taika's project is gonna be weird and out there and 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 that that one piece of art that we've seen well it looks like stone age star wars yeah right yeah Yeah. and i hope that that's like uh dawn of the jedi maybe or uh jedi and sis splits or something pre-jedi which would also be really really cool very cool force users with no allegiance whatsoever um that's a really really fascinating concept too yeah uh yeah yeah i'm yeah i'm i'm hoping that we that that we go there with that i i i mean like we it's it almost feels like like jinxing it to even bring up the ryan johnson trilogy at this point because it's like if we just stop talking about it it'll, it'll happen right it's yeah. we, every time we bring it up something it just like it's it's like it's bad juju but but to me it's like if if anybody for me if anybody can can get us away from that skywalker saga part of it and 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 get us into new territory that uh that can be built upon like that's a good foundation i feel like he would do a a fantastic job of that i i i don't i don't want to be a naysayer it's gonna happen i i want it to happen so it's gonna happen we all want it yeah so you know but uh but yeah it it, 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 it always it's going like to happen we... until they tell us it doesn't happen, which exactly. means it's going to happen, right? Exactly. And they're never going to tell us it's not going to happen. I truthfully do believe that once Ryan is done uh, telling his knives out stories, he'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think I think that the the whole knives out thing has been like uh, I think it was like a necessary thing for him after the last yeah. day of walking away from it and like getting a little bit of perspective and going and doing doing kind of what we're talking about, where he goes and he's like, I'm just going to. I'm just going to do something completely different from that. Yeah. Is that cool with everybody? And, uh, and we were all like, yeah, it's totally cool with us. Please more. I, I, cause knives out is so good. Um, but, and I can't wait for the sequel. I, it's, it's, he talks about, he just, he's been calling it just the knives out sequel. I don't think it'll even be it. They'll, the studio will probably force him to put like a knives out, something or other like a, like some sort of tight subtitle so that people know what movie they're going a to knives but... out movie yeah exactly by ryan but... johnson yeah <laughs> the, I... how, they, how they always want to be like you know i i the part of the knives out saga or something like that you well, know? it's like set in greece so it's got to be some sort of like grecian sword or something yeah yeah i can't I, it's it's exciting that we know really nothing that we boat. just we know the actors who are in it it's gonna and be meme worthy, I'm yeah. sure, because it's on a oh, boat. Sure. Yes, yeah. uh, it's, um, gonna, it's gonna be great in all the ways that I expect a movie of his to be great. He, I, for me, he hasn't missed, but, um, but yeah, no. back to Star Wars. Back, <laughs> back to, to Star, Star Wars. Wars. But you know, I I feel bad for the storytellers in so many ways because yeah. they like the storytelling group, right? So they, for the longest time, were like considered to be the canon keepers, like specifically Pablo, Matt, and even Lee Lynchy were dragged into being like, like resolving fan nerd arguments online about what things were called or what things happened when. And like, I, I totally agree with Pablo's right to, 
uh, be pissed off and literally take it out on everybody and then delete yeah. his Twitter and like block everybody and then unblock everybody and go in private. And it, like, I, I believe people should have the right to like, not listen to us as fans and actually yeah. i wish they would like not listen to us more i think that's part of the problem is when they try to adjust the story to fit what they think we want instead yeah. of listening to the story itself like there's there's something like psychological and like li listening to the muses right and they uh when they when they <laughs> listen to us too much i'm like yeah don't listen to us we we don't know anything <laughs> like maybe listen to me i know a little bit but hey you know don't listen to anybody else it, um, it's, it, yeah <laughs> it, it, i always say it's because it's i'm a designer right so i have yeah. to deal with this in my day job all the time it's designed by committee and when you listen to the crowd it, 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 this is not an improv show you yeah. know like like 16 people yell out starbucks i guess that this scene said at starbucks right is that what's best for the scene? Well, it's an improv show. In five minutes, it'll be done and we can move on with our lives, right? But that's not what Star Wars is. So it needs to be, I would say it's like, it's like, could you tell a great Star Wars story? I guarantee that you could tell a great Star Wars story. Could I? Probably. I think so. I think I could tell a pretty good Star Wars story. If if you added like five more of our friends into the conversation and, and we all tried to figure out how to crowdsource it together, is that going to be a great Star Wars story? Maybe yeah. each one of us individually could tell a cool story, right? Because we would, I would have something to say. You would have something to say. It would have something to it. Uh, there would be there would be a motivation to tell the story in the first place, even if that motivation is as simple as I want to do something that looks cool, which I think some of the Star Wars vision stuff, it might just be that it might just be like, hey, we just want to do some cool samurai looking stuff. It might not have a ton of story substance to it. That's fine. That's Who there's knows? also room for that. Right. We will um, find out. Yeah. But 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 it's like. It, to me, one of the most important things in storytelling, whether it's on a you know franchise scale or it's an individual telling telling a story to another person of something that happened in your life, it's you just have to be committed to the story. Just commit to the bit, right? Like always, just commit to the bit. Whatever you're gonna do, do it, and like kind of have have the 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 thought process in there. And I think if you do that. Even if you fail, you've at least failed trying to accomplish something. <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's like in Rogue in Rogue One, when in the third act, all of a sudden the movie changes course and Jin Urso goes from being this like rebel without a cause to being a rebel with a cause. And all of a sudden she's making a Princess Leia speech, impassioned speech in front of all of these people. And you're like, where did that come from? And then you know that like well this is this was the rewrite this was this was when they went back and did the reshoots that's one of the major scenes that they changed because they were like the audience isn't gonna buy that like they we need them to care about this character more so they gave her a speech to make us care about her and it's like but it feels yeah. disjointed it feels like multiple people telling the story that's i that's again we're talking about this that's my perspective on it you can i'm fully open no, to no, hear, no, to no, hear no. Your I'm just I'm just thinking but... about it because oftentimes writers rooms when it's yeah. multiple people coming together to like you know write the story yeah. do work like it does work it can work it, yeah I think yeah. it's just like 
like what you said with uh, storytelling by committee or storytelling, but that's like how Hollywood works. Like it's, it's weird. Right. Yeah. So there's more, when there's more creative control from the, the director and writer, you end up getting like a purer vision of what they're trying to achieve. And yeah. I just don't know that star Wars necessarily, you know, post George had a clear vision of what it was trying to do or how sure. it was trying to get there, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. So you have individual creator individual creators visions for the projects that they were working on. Dave Filoni had a really clear vision of what he wanted to achieve with rebels. It's really solid, right? Yeah. It's and, and really solid. Um, but that's just like not how mythology works, right? Yeah. And and mythology itself is like super messy and weird and transforms bet between the tellings and different people emphasize different things because they had their own selfish uh, or non-selfish or they wanted to emphasize different things and how they told stuff and it was from their own lens and perspective. So in like so many ways it would lean into the mythological storytelling to just have like, I don't know, 16 versions of the sequel trilogy, the original <laughs> EU, whatever happened, yeah. you know, somebody else was like, yeah, so I want to retell the sequel trilogy. And they'd be like, sure, go ahead, make it. See if you can find like funding in the audience and uh, like green lit, uh, green light, everything. I just don't think they're going to do that. No. I, I think that there's like, I think that they've gotten themselves into a problem area, which they're trying to get out by, by, by saying, ah, Canon doesn't really matter. Why do you care about Canon? And yeah. then people like argue about Canon and they get all mad about Canon. Like the storytellers themselves are like, but this is what happened. And this is yeah. why it ma it's like, okay, well, does it matter? It doesn't, ma it doesn't, does it matter or doesn't it matter? Yeah. Like it can't be both ways. And you should have decided this probably before you started telling stories in a new well, area. Yeah. I, I, I think that Disney made a, a huge mistake right out of the gate after they purchased star Wars and Lucasfilm. And I think that Lucasfilm was a part of this decision as well, where they came out and they said like, okay, so everything old is legends right like all of that eu stuff is legends now everything that we're publishing now in the lead up to the force awakens this is all canon now and then they started the marvel comic book series and they started putting out these stories where it's like luke is on a speeder bike with his lightsaber out fighting darth vader five minutes after the end of a new hope what yeah no, that doesn't that doesn't make sense right and then and then the, but then they're also like hey but there's also this story about uh well it's a, a jedi's weapon I, I think which is one of the the, the yep. like novellas or whatever yeah where it's like oh that one feels that one feels canon right and yeah. it's like for that for that first couple of years i weapon, had a really weapon hard of time a jedi by jason c fry yeah weapon of a jedi, yeah yeah I, I, I I had this problem because I was going like, you, you guys said that everything is canon now. Like you said, like you literally said that you made a point of like, hey, we're getting rid of the old stuff because now everything moving forward is going to be canon across all levels of publishing. And I was like, that seems ambitious, but I'm here for it and read the comics and was like, this, this feels ridiculous i can't i can't boba fett can't fight luke skywalker like we can't <laughs> it this doesn't make any sense 
and it wasn't until like i had to like put those comic books down i stopped reading them for a like long the time. marvel series the marvel yeah. series other than the darth vader stuff and a couple of the like like the lando one i really enjoyed like there were there were like these bright spots uh but but for the most part i was like i i can't i can't i can't do this i can't reconcile this and the movie like it's there's this is too far afield until i don't remember what it was but i i but i went back and i was reading some of the old marvel star wars stuff yeah and having a great time with it and being like jackson he's a big green rabbit is this is stupid and i love it so much and the obi i love the marvel comics obi-wan kenobi story the one where like where leia is like telling the story of like general kenobi from the clone wars and it's like it's before the empire strikes back even came out so it's it's so far away from the canon but it's an unreliable narrator right because it's leia telling a story that bale presumably told her or she heard from her friends or whatever through the grapevine about general kenobi and he's in this all black outfit with this white belt and these white gloves and he's got a pointy you know his his beard looks real thick and full and fabulous and he doesn't look anything like ewan mcgregor but he also kind of doesn't look like alec guinness <laughs> it's like but it's such a great story and it's such a fun story that i was like what if i just treated those new marvel star wars comics like i treat those old marvel star wars comics and all of a sudden i i went back and i started reading them and i was like for the most part i was like yeah these are actually really fun they got into the task force 99 stuff and it started getting like weird like military on it on me i was like i don't care for this story but up until that point there's some really great moments like when when 3PO gets captured and R2 takes off in in an X-wing on his own to go save 3PO and I'm like what a great what a great story with R2 and it's like why like what is it right like why does that work for me and what I always go back to when I'm talking to people about it I'm like because it's true to the character it's true to the spirit mm-hmm. of it R2 running off into the desert to find Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope is the same as him running off to rescue C-3PO yes. in an X-Wing all on his own, right? Like this, this, this jives with the character. Luke Skywalker fighting Darth Vader on a, on a speeder bike on Yavin five minutes after the Death Star blew up doesn't make sense to me because he gets his butt handed to him in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> How does, like, I can't reconcile that, right? Like, so is it, is it cool visuals? Yeah. Is it fun? Sure. Um, Luke fighting Boba Fett is neat, right? I uh, all there's a lot of neat stuff in there, but sometimes, like you just got. I for me, it's like what what matters to the story and what doesn't matter to the story. And I'm a Superman fan, so that's a character that's been around for almost eighty some odd years, right? Like mm-hmm. he's got he. What's canon for Superman? yeah that, exactly that, that doesn't apply to that character star wars right now in the world and this is why i say when we look back on it in 10 years maybe we'll be in a completely different headspace with how we look at star wars but right now where we live we're so used to the there are six out of the the what is it 11 movies right now that are very singularly george's vision right his story they're sacred it's what he's and then we've got clone wars which is also george's vision Mm -hmm. and then we have 
Rebels, which is like this one degree removed from George's vision because it's Dave's yeah. and Dave was taught by George. So we, we that carries weight with it. We for accept us. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Mando is like, it's like another like half a degree away from that because Dave's part of it, but it's also John's vision, right? Like, so it's yeah. like we've got this stuff that that feel that and, still and everything still feels like it's was yeah. like like was just maybe too many degrees away from what yeah. people thought for some people i loved resistance um yeah, yeah i have i have such a weird relationship with resistance because we covered it on the show so i had to it's one of those things where you have to be critical of it and because you have to be critical of it because you're talking about it on a weekly basis it can sometimes suck the joy out of out of what should have been a joyful experience so i look back at resistance and i go it's a good show it's very clearly not what we were like it's sort of it the the bill of goods said we were going to get a show about starfighter racing and it was going to be like speed racer and star wars and then what we got was um we're going to we're going to kind of try and tie this into the, the sequel trilogy. Story, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we're also not allowed to, but we've, but we've been told by Lucasfilm and, and Disney and, and that we have to, um, but, but so, you know, like we're going to do this thing, but like also Disney, Disney channel says that our main character is not allowed to shoot a gun. So we're going to tell a star Wars story <laughs> where the main character doesn't, he's not, you know what? He can't shoot a gun. That's how we're going to solve that problem is that he never hits anything. So it's okay. He'll shoot a gun sometimes, but he'll never kill anybody because he's bad. We, Cause it's a, cause it's the Disney channel now. So it's like, like resistance just suffers from like, it's what we're talking about. It's like, there are, there are so many people with their fingers in that stew yeah. that it just turned into a real mishmash of flavors that they sometimes it really worked. And there are some episodes in that show where I'm like, wow. And the reveal of the Colossus at the end of season one is like, yeah, because what's like the reveal of the Colossus feels like this huge mythic moment that really vibes with star Wars. It was, it was, it looks like a sword coming out of the water. Yeah. 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 And, and it's just like like the name Colossus all of a sudden takes on this deeper like, meaning. Yeah. And, you know, they've been hinting at it through the season when we saw underwater. And it's like, how big is this thing? And we see how big it is. And you're just like, this is the biggest thing for me. This is this is Truss's most unforgiving failure is yes. that we spent two seasons getting to know that crew and seeing a massive Star Destroyer sized space station get back up and operational and then it's it's quote unquote in tross good luck finding it it's not yeah. there. they're lying it's not there i have i have scoured <laughs> every seen it more than frame. i have so you can you can speak to that but i you know more and more has come out like obviously yeah. uh brad wimple who's uh does uh friends of the force does uh remembering resistance every year and more and more has come yeah. out since then that yeah. yeah it was it was pretty much canceled and it was yeah. like i think that actually the victim of the biggest victim of tross was the was resistance yep. like it didn't get to tell the story it probably wanted to tell and it was kind of stuck in yeah what it had to tell and so like okay what do we do now right yeah what can we do now (laughs) like star wars could do something super interesting and 
like quite literally say it's going to just tell all the stories, all the character stories and just tell them differently again and do like a full like Marvel or DC type refresh. Yeah. Start back at number one. Yeah, like literally yeah. they could just retell the story yeah. and be like, we have this cool character called Anakin and we're going to tell this story. And they sort of did that with Clone Wars, right? By yeah. by iterating what the character is. And it's oh, something yeah. that they could potentially be successful at doing, right? It's not like we haven't seen like The Hobbit a million times or different different stories redone, right? Like um, over time. Yeah. However... I don't really want them to do that. You know, I would rather have (sighs) new heroes because part of the problem with Star Wars is that it was made in a particular time and that time was not the best time for all people. Yeah. And we have the opportunity to tell other canon or non-canon stories that make some little kid look up and see a hero that looks like them mm-hmm. or feels like them or represents them better. And that to me, I don't care if it's canon or not, if they're spending money on it and they get to see that story on screen and see themselves in that story, that is Star Wars. It's for yeah. kids. It's for yeah. little kids who are not little, little. It's for adolescent kids, truthfully. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's like those teens, those 12-year-olds that are about to just cusp into, into you know, teen life and they're looking up at these older adolescents that are entering adulthood and it gives them something something to look at and it's most important that yeah. we get those kids something and a story for them yeah i, I think i think i think the biggest thing for me is that I like from our perspective as established Star Wars fans who who've been in this uh, like 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 Cassian Andor says since I was six years old right I although I wasn't a Star Wars fan until I was ten but I I until I hit that sweet spot I had like I had to hit that sweet spot of like like you say like cosmic and it, it was actually moving to a different place we moved from from Vancouver into the Okanagan and Star Wars was the thing that I carried with me. And and Star Wars became my best friend for a few years um, because I didn't know anybody and I was in a new place and it was scary. And here's this familiar thing. Right. So it and that's what it needs to be. And if it's not going to be Star Wars, and I think this might be one of the things that subconsciously people sort of it, it makes their feathers ruffle is that if it's not going to be Star Wars, it'll be something else. Because we yeah. need stories. So in the in the late nineties and it not like two thousand, when when the prequels weren't necessarily hitting the way that the original trilogy hit, all of a sudden this other thing came in and took over that part of the conversation. And that was Harry Potter. And yeah. Star Wars fans got mad. They got they were and I can say this because I was one of them. It's like I didn't watch the first three Harry Potter movies in the movie theater because I was so mad at people calling Harry Potter, the new star Wars, because how dare they say that? Yeah. Such a weird, like ownership over star Wars place in pop culture. Oh no, 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 no. That's because it is the 
collective mythology. Yeah. And yeah. and I hate to tell everybody listening to this podcast, all of you, Star Wars has lost its place as the collective mythology. Yeah. And you can tell sure. because Marvel took it over yep. in the last year. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like and, Harry and like, Potter I, did it for that for the prequels. Marvel is doing it for the sequel trilogy. It's Marvel is the thing that you can talk to any eight year old kid about. Yeah. Today. You know, they like, did it. They yeah. they took it. They took the crown. And literally, like yeah. there should be, like some stars, like they give each other like like little like awards, or they write each other like little cards or whatever when they get an award. But like yeah. literally, there should be like a crown or like a site that's just like what is the current collective mythology that everybody yeah. is paying attention to, and it's. I mean, this is, of course, just like Western culture because Eastern yeah. cultures and other cultures have um, have other things going on. But whatever is popular in the West always infects other places. <laughs> it does. But uh, Marvel is currently king or queen, yeah. right? It is. And, and it's because it's decided to diversify into other storytelling and, and give people other perspectives and lenses. And it's yeah. one of the reasons why I personally decided to cover it like hell because i could <laughs> yeah. tell what was happening yeah yeah it's it's so funny because it's like uh i I've, I've watched you like like dive deep into okay now now we're gonna cover all the marvel stuff and i've had like the the opposite reaction of like i love this marvel stuff so much i want to cover this as little as possible because <laughs> i spent i spent how many seasons was it seven seasons of arrow uh, mm -hmm. And when we started with Arrow, I was like, it it started out of a love of Smallville. Smallville went off the air a couple oh, years later. Arrow came okay, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Amanda and I were like, let's do. We were too late to Smallville to start a podcast for that. Let's do an Arrow podcast. Like, let's get it out ahead of this and 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 do that. And the first two seasons were were some really great storytelling particularly for the time but i still maintain those first two seasons are very very good um uh for a cw show especially i i and then and then the show you know like the quality sort of started to wane but but i don't think that i would have cared as much because the quality on smallville was all over the map um but it didn't matter i was there every week and i and i enjoyed my time with it because it was just an escape mm -hmm. but arrow became work <laughs> It became yeah. it became a thing of like the numbers aren't. How come our downloads aren't doing? We should try and get guests. We can't get any guests. Well, nobody wants to listen to just the two of us harp on this show. Nobody will come on the show because all we do is bag on this show because the last season was awful, uh, and it just like it it became like this really like negative cycle. And it was this thing of like we're five seasons in. How much longer could it possibly go? And we just like we just stuck with it because we had to stick with it until the show was done i have a real problem with that i kind of and i'm trying to be better about like if something's not bringing you joy just stop i yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i i but like i don't i don't want that to happen to marvel and, and for me like for my personal experience of it and it's so funny because like as we talk about all this stuff of like perspective and canon and stuff like that I can see where I, I've 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 uh, I've had this conversation with with uh, a couple of friends that want to do more stuff with Marvel What If specifically, and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, because if because these 
these Marvel what ifs are, they are very full of holes because of what they are by nature of what they are. Yeah. They're asking you to ask questions and they open up a lot of why Yeah, they're literally (laughs) poking a hole in the boat to see what happens. That's what every one of those stories is. So it's, they're all hypotheticals. They are all fan conversations. I don't need to add the layer of me also poking holes in the hole that's been poked don't need to do it myself i'm i am happy to listen to other people do it like i'm happy to listen to you guys do it and and a couple of other podcasts that i listen to i didn't actually want to cover what if but but like (laughs) i i don't want to and i've been like very very like vehement of like we're gonna talk about the season as a whole when it's done because i'm gonna talk about like Mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about each individual story and whether or not it was successful i want to talk about whether or not what if was successful in its goal and its goal is Let's, we we won't know until yeah we wouldn't we won't know until the end episode whether yeah. like the storytelling arc is successful because it looks like they're gonna pull all the all the gang back together into like yeah. a like a like an avengers what if which is so cool yeah. like that's at least what i suspect is gonna happen yeah me too yeah. um but yeah, it was to introduce the concept of the multiverse and open up people's eyes to the possibilities and then to be thankful that we actually have the multiverse version that we actually have. I think yeah. that was actually part of the goal too, which is fascinating. Um, but like, I struggle because Star Wars still has the opportunity to do something that Marvel can't, which is. And and Star Wars just has to like get its poop in a group, and then it can take back the collective mythology. Yeah, and it it just has to heal its own freaking myth. <laughs> I I th- and that's why I say what I said at the beginning of like when we look back at this period, this is going to feel like a transition period for Star Wars where it didn't mm-hmm. quite know what it needed to do, and needed to get distance from George itself. Yeah, it needed to get distance from it it, and also from this period of time. Like when Kathleen Kennedy asked for time from Bob Iger, I I really think that it was uh, it was it was really because they they knew that they didn't they weren't successful with what they needed to do. Yeah. 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 It's it's going to be very interesting because Rogue Squadron is going to be the first thing back. And it's like, I don't like. I'm not happy with Patty right now. So uh, be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it was one of those things where it's like before before Wonder Woman 1984 came out, I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm not 100 percent sold on this anymore. And then she said a couple of things in the last few weeks where I'm like, these are really weird things to come out of your mouth. I'm a little bit worried about this star Wars project you're working on and the attitude you might be bringing into that zone. And also like, like rogue squadron carries a lot of baggage because whether you're (laughs) a fan of the video games, whether you're a fan of the novels, there's a lot of stuff there that it's like, there's a lot of stuff that you can get wrong. Uh, There's also, there's also a lot of stuff that's very easy to get right. (laughs) If if you make top gun in star Wars, I think a lot of people will be happy, but, but, yeah it's like what are we gonna how are we gonna do this and and the conversation that we've just had now puts me in a space of like you know what would be really great for rogue squadron if they just didn't care if they just ignored the canon and they just went in and they were just like this is a story about rogue squadron what 
okay, which Rogue Squadron? It's a story about Rogue Squadron. I it's heard, a story about like, a Rogue Squadron. Yeah, didn't there they say that it was like... Uh, didn't they say that it was supposed to happen after Tross? That's what was originally said, yeah. that in, in, When they did the big Disney uh, yeah. investors thing. They said that this is the furthest forward in the in the story that that we're going which is so interesting because it's like well rogue squadron is like a classic trilogy thing and to me it's like uh, like i love that the the idea that the that the legacy of rogue squadron is what this story is going to be about and maybe dennis lawson is in this and maybe he's not maybe it's just a maybe rogue squadron is Maybe it's just a bunch of kids. I'm really hoping it's a bunch. I think I said this like right after the announcement. I was like, I really hope it's a bunch of like teenagers that like that that know what Rogue Squadron is, but like they know mythically what Rogue Squadron is in the same like way the that last Starfighter or something like just like bingo. <laughs> and that they just like in the wake of Rise of Skywalker and the galaxy being in sort of chaos without a central government and all of the individual star systems having to figure stuff out on their own, that these kids are in a star system that and there's pirates or <clears throat> a remnant of the First Order or the Empire or something. It would there's be cool to tell a small a, story. Yeah. And that it's just these kids have to come together and form a team that is probably also a found family because it's star Wars and, and they just, and they just become a squad. They just become a squadron. And it's, it's just a bunch of piles of garbage that they get flying. It's all, it's an old X wing and a new X wing and a, and a V wing and a, uh, a, 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 a B wing. Cause those are crazy looking. And a B -wing. Yeah. And something we've never seen before. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Let's have a couple of <laughs> like ships. Like a TIE fighter that's been retrofitted or yeah. something. The, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that I would do if I could jump in and, and add my story juice to, to Rogue Squadron is that I would put Kazuda Ziono front and center in the story. I would, just, I would have him be the, Christopher the Sean yep. in the story. A hundred percent. I would just, yeah. I would literally have him come in as like the elder, squadron like as their like like uh, uh basically the guy giving them missions like and i would have them come in like towards the end of the movie of like you guys have proven yourselves and now we have a franchise right rogue squadron is a new thing and he's there we're trying to put together a new new republic and you guys have the right stuff right like and and just There's like so many yeah things that i would love about that like it. having uh having him be considered to be the best star pilot in the galaxy because then it's like ah resistance and that's just like like it would fulfill yay. the promise it would fulfill their <laughs> promise of like he's a baby bird when he's on the ground he's he's awkward but when he's in the sky and it's like we saw glimpses but i want to really see it i want it the thing that we needed to see from from kaz in order for that story to 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 sort of from that that mythic legendary status like for him to achieve what they promised us he needed to be better than poe at some point yeah and they never point, did it yeah they always had poe like showing him the ropes and 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 i i'm sure that that was in the plan of like season three or four or five yeah or that by the end of that story we would have the moment where poe was in trouble and kaz is the one who saves him yeah and it's and for poe to be like 
I have nothing left to teach you. you like the, the student has become the, the, the master sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, but so to have him achieve that rank, I would, would be so fulfilling to me because I didn't like resistance as a show, but I did love those characters. I loved so many of the characters on that show. And it, it was almost like I, I didn't enjoy the show out of frustration for what they did to those characters from my perspective, right. Of like, you guys, you guys gave us, so much so much good yeager is such a good character and it's like they've done nothing with them they've had so many opportunities to be like here's a veteran starfighter pilot and let's go back into the story but squadrons was a really great example of like i don't understand why that character wasn't why the guy that was leading the 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 team in the squadrons video game wasn't eager it it makes no sense why they wouldn't just have made that eager but anyways I, I, this, this, all these shows always devolve into me telling Lucasfilm how they can fix all of their problems, which is really just me asking for the things that I want, which goes against my creed, which is like, surprise me, give me, don't, I don't know what I want. The, the, so, so much of my experience with Star Wars has proven that, like, I thought that I was going to hate Star Wars Rebels when they were like, yeah, cowboy Jedi, Kanan Jarrus. And I was like, like that's such a stupid idea i don't want another jedi so there's supposed to be no jedi right now and (laughs) and and i sit here now uh he's he's my third favorite star wars character behind behind obi-wan and actually you know what he's probably more so than poe because 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 trust and then that book they really just they really really just just nailed in the coffin with poe yeah (sighs) and they did so much good work in the comics with him but anyways yeah, I so I think that like you know, I can say mythically what I know needs to happen, right? So it's it's very high level and they could do it in multiple ways. Um but I most importantly and what we're going to get out of visions and why mm-hmm. I'm cool with it and what we're going to get hopefully out of Acolyte and Taika's show, maybe less so Rogue One. I feel like Rogue One might be a little safe um just because of the property choice right um i just want star wars to be brave and make it make it weird yeah right i really like weird star wars like yes like you you talked about the wrath tar right like that being in the movie is such a weird and bizarre choice but yet having something that is weirdly animated or puppeted midway through a star wars movie is almost like that's almost required yeah and and it has to be a weird thing yeah. that shows up midway through. Like you think about like the brain sucker thing in like Rogue yeah. One yeah. or um the Exogorf in um in in Empire. Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Like yeah. like these things are just part of it. Like the Thalassiren, you know, right? I mean Thalassiren. It's so weird. It's so <laughs> uncomfortable. But but like it's uh, to me, those moments, those weird moments always work the best when they do ultimately serve the story. Right. Like mm-hmm. that that moment with the Rathars brings Han, Chewie, Finn and Ray together. Right. Yes. It's, it's it's this thing that forces those characters. Hey, you guys now now we're now we're in this together. Right. Yeah. Um, as much as Han wants to deny it up until he can't deny it anymore. Right and 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 uh the thalassiren it's like we need that moment because we need we need two things we need to be put into ray's position of what 
is happening. Yeah. This is not what we signed up for, right? And we also need to know that, like, hey, Luke is in a very different place, you guys. He is not... I am a Jedi like my father before me right now. He is, he's not, he's refusing to process some stuff, you guys. And he's gone back to farm boy, Luke. And yeah. why, why has he regressed to who he was yeah. before the adventure? Right. Um, and then we spend that movie figuring out why, right. We, and, and that's why it works for me. And yeah, it, the, the wrath tars, like I said, the first time I saw, the first time I saw the force awakens, I walked away from it. Like I didn't like the wrath tars. I didn't like that. Uh, yeah. And then it was like the third or fourth viewing going back in the theater where I found myself sitting in the seat and I went like, man, I can't wait for the Wrath Tars. Wait, did I just think that? Like, I literally had a moment of dissonance with myself where I was like, I'm looking forward to the scene that I disliked the most on the first viewing. And, <laughs> and it's what you're talking about. It's like once once I had taken that thing that felt like it was so weirdly outside of my experience of star Wars and had firmly incorporated it into star Wars, all of a sudden it like, I saw it for what it was and I loved it. Right. And it's sometimes we have to get past ourselves in those moments. And, but also we have to give ourselves room. And I think the storytellers also have to give themselves permission to push it. Go weird. Put Go something weird. in the movie that makes people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Challenge what Star Wars is because it can be literally anything at this point, right? Yeah. Um, and it's when it plays it safe, like it does in Tross, where it just tries to retread ground that we've been over, whether it was ground from the original trilogy, the prequels, or the sequels themselves. It literally tries to do all of that. It does. And and that's yeah. where it's like all of this just feels like empty gestures as opposed to the Thalassiren, which is like so weird, but ends up being for, for I think those of us who love the last Jedi ends up actually being this weirdly cherished moment. And it's like one of those things of like, you can, you can put a Thalassiren or a, or a bottle of green milk on, on a piece of merchandise and I will buy it. I will I buy a, that peach. I have a Thalas Siren shirt that Ty Black made me with yeah. the Thalas. It's literally just the picture of the Thalas Siren with green heart emojis on it. And it's like one of my most treasured Star Wars shirts because like it's it's just, you know, it's just it's weird. And it's yeah. I wore it to celebration and I like I hugged every Thalassiren cosplayer that I came across because it, it's just so weird. And I loved it. Yeah. Like literally I would hug an Exogorth uh, cosplayer, too, because those are like <laughs> weird. Somebody comes up with a Rattar. I'll hug the Rattar. Uh, I want like, I, weird, yeah. weird Star Wars all the way. Brave, weird Star Wars. Yeah. The other yeah. thing I absolutely need them to understand is what they're doing with their mythology. I just need them to know what the effect of their mythology is yeah. and why when George said that he needed to give kids hope, that was the most important message that they yeah. get across. Yeah, it needs to say something. It needs to say, and yeah, the hopeful Star Wars is my favorite Star Wars. That's why I say, like, like as as much as like the end of Rebels, when you write it out in, in black and white on paper, it's like, and then 
you know, three episodes ago, one of our lead characters died and, uh, you know, everything blows up and our lead character is sent off into the unknown regions and maybe we'll never see him again. But I really feel good about how all of it happened. <laughs> it's like because it wasn't about what happened is it was about the reasons why. And and at the end of the day, it is like like that that story was literally like like dawn breaking in the galaxy right before yep. the events of, of the original trilogy where, where the sun rises, right. Where Luke and Leia take their place in the galaxy and, and, and bring back the light. So it's like, it, it, it puts us through the ringer, but it puts us through the ringer for the right reasons. And it ends yeah. on hope. It absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and the, the epilogue a- is there for a very important reason. Cause we can't end on, and then Ezra shot off into the other under the other side of the galaxy. We have to end on he gave he he said, you know, like like that I that I would have to go find him, right? Like whatever yeah. whatever it is that Sibian says. But it's like, but Ahsoka showing up in all white and that end of that being like see Dave understands that. He totally gets, I think, that part of it. Or he did at the time. Uh, it's a little bit <laughs> the end of Mando season two makes me a little bit like. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, see where this is going, but I am a little bit worried uh, that maybe John has a little bit too much of his, I just want to play with my action figures in here. But I, I, but, but I, 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 I'm, I am giving them the benefit of the doubt that they'll write that ship. It's one of those ones season two. I don't want to get into it, but they came in and they got to go like, we got to, we got to spin off all of our shows. We're going to do it all in season two, Amando and season two, Amando suffers greatly for that fact where they're like, Mm -hmm. we're just going to spend half of this season setting things up. And then the other half of the season is going to be some really good episodes. Like we're going to put Migs and, uh, and Mando in a car on a road trip and force them to confront the reality of why he keeps his helmet on. And it's like, that's my favorite episode maybe of the whole series. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's so I, I don't know. I'm I I am hopeful that it will get hopeful that we'll get back to it. But yeah, that is it. I just think they need to, like you're saying, like they need to they need to understand that that a these stories are meaningful whether you want them to be or not. So whether whether you try and stay apolitical in them for some reason, uh, or not, like like people are going to take something away from this whether you put it in there or not so please for the love of god put something in there for them yeah. to take away because because you you do not want to leave the audience to their own devices on this one because some people are going to take it in the direction that i think that you guys hope that they're going to take it and some people are going to take it in a direction that's going to be very very difficult yeah. for other people to deal with <laughs> i i mean so. i don't i don't yeah again i don't know that <sighs> okay for longevity of story, you make it yeah. hopeful and you make it something that brings people joy to rewatch. If it yeah. makes it painful for people to rewatch, people don't typically want to do something that brings them pain unless it's a version yeah. of catharsis. But it has to be done incredibly well and you have to understand how catharsis works psychologically, right? So yeah. um, that's that's a hard thing. Um I don't think that they know what they need to do yet. I don't and think they so might, either. They may get to it. Actually, um, 
uh, the Matrix, uh, Matrix Four is giving me a lot of hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's so funny because it's that is one of the things recently that like that trailer came out and and I was we I th- I said this on Twitter and you were like yeah same, of like I had no expectations and I did not care that they were making another Matrix movie because after the last two I was like I kind of just checked out mentally, um, and then I watched that trailer and was like, what is this because I haven't felt this way about a trailer in a very long time probably since the last jedi first trailer that we got where i i was just like like electric after i watched it and just like thinking about like what does that mean what could that mean is it we got to go you're after all this time you're going back to the matrix is he is what how does this guy know what the matrix is is he in the matrix is he out of the matrix and like all of a sudden i started like going literally pun intended back down the rabbit hole with the, with the <laughs> matrix franchise and said to my wife i have to rewatch these movies we have to rewatch these movies this is important to me now all of a sudden after 20 years of not caring yeah. and, about and it why, i care about why, it all of a sudden again why yeah. does it resonate yeah why yeah. does it resonate well it resonates because it's speaking to that part of your brain that needs to understand that an end is not necessarily the permanent end yeah yeah totally these characters and 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 what um what uh, i i uh, lana wachowski has talked about is that like she was going through rough stuff and saw these characters and was like i i can bring them back they make me happy i can bring them back and they'll make me happy it'll make other people happy too I don't care. I don't care that it doesn't make any sense. Let's do it. Let's figure out how to make it make sense. And that that's the genesis. That's where that's where the story came from. Like that's yeah. the seed. The, then the flower will be even more beautiful than the seed, right? Because yeah. it's coming from a pure place. Whereas the rise of Skywalker was we have to figure out how to end the Skywalker saga. Why? Because we have to end it, you guys. But why do we have to end it? Because it's the ninth movie and they're trilogies, you guys. It's a trilogy of trilogies. We got to figure out how to end the Skywalker saga. And that's why they figured out how to quote unquote end the Skywalker saga. And so they're like, we're just going to kill everybody. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. Everybody will be dead. The Skywalker saga is over. She's a Skywalker now. Done. We did it, you guys. Done. Congratulations. Yay! And it came from such a disingenuous place. <laughs> That that's how yeah. it feels of like, and and everybody walks away from it going like, was that the end? I guess it's the end. Everybody's dead. So it must be the end, but it's Star Wars. Nobody's dead. Like <laughs> yeah. nobody can die. It's especially not those specific characters. They can't die. So what does that actually mean? But yeah, it just, it just, it, it, it show it just shows you it's like the 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 light shows us the darkness in this way right where it's like we can yeah. kind of fully see that now that we're seeing some of these other stories that maybe some of them are even a little bit in response to what rise of skywalker did and like we're I think saying so. if star wars doesn't do it if star wars can't pick that mantle back up then somebody else will somebody else will yeah. figure out how to tell the rise of skywalker as, as a matter of fact several stories since then have last year with cobra kai i felt like that's the sequel trilogy that's what the sequel trilogy should have been that last season of cobra uh, kai. shira 
she yeah she-ra for sure the princesses of power was like yeah yeah that healed me after tross because uh the ending is um like is is what you need and it's transcendent it was restorative justice instead of punitive justice right it was like and and the transcendent became a good guy by the end of it and you're like what how did they do that like especially with what happened with Katra and Shira yeah. and how Katra like overcame all of this pain and trauma and helped yeah. Katra get strength in her moment of need it transcended it and it he- like the light that comes from that moment is exactly what i thought we would get in in the rise of skywalker magic true yeah. magic back in our fiction and Star Wars has the opportunity to do that. It's literally can be magical. Yeah. It has space magic. And <laughs> yeah. some for some reason it's like it there's like this weird like psychological like push against the weird because it's like no that was George's weirdness. It's like well you got to you got to go weird. Yeah. Or you're going to miss out on the opportunity to really speak and say something deeper. Yeah, if it weren't for the weird, if it, we wouldn't have Darth Maul coming back to life and becoming one of the most interesting characters in the entire saga, right? Like him just saying, "Like, I can bring that guy back. Mm-hmm. We can do that. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right?" We wouldn't have that whole, all of that stuff with the Night Sisters, where it's like this completely different, different world from the Jedi and the Sith. I don't um, think he's dead. Actually, you don't think Darth Maul's dead? Like, like dead, nope. dead. Nope. Yeah, I think he'll be back. It's I enti- think it, 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 there, it, I would love nothing more. <laughs> no, I just uh, so I I actually personally think by how they did Clone Wars season seven yeah. that him and Ahsoka are permanently tied now, and he is the son and she is the daughter. Yeah, and so yeah. he'll be back, but he'll be p- uh, probably like a shadow version of himself and. Uh, He'll he'll haunt her in her series. I hope, and they actually get Freddie oh Prince Jr. Or not? Uh, sorry, oh, what's his name? Sam Witwer. Sam Witwer to actually play him physically on screen, that would or be or just to voice him, and then having uh, having um uh God, I Ray can't Park. remember names. Yeah, actually, Ray Park actually play him, and then you know, have him actually being able to be him in yeah. real life again yeah i would love to see them just like go like allow sam Whitwer to 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 take on that role uh full body and and to and the what you set up there is is the perfect way to do it because it's like well, well he's it is it's darth maul but it's also kind of the sun and yeah. sam Whitwer plays both of those characters yeah so it's like you could almost have it like he's the sun because the son looks very much like Sam Witwer, right? Yeah. In the way that he was designed. So it's like he's, he's the son, but with aspects of Darth Maul, because it's like it's like the personality of Darth Maul placed over that like eternal aspect of the force. It's like if you if you stripped away, because I agree with you, like like Ahsoka is the Ashla now, right? She's the light yeah. side of the force. She's it's the why she side. persists. And it's why she was absent during the original trilogy, because the light was absent from the galaxy. So she had to be absent from the story. So, but she can come back in between because it's like, it's the light is coming back to the galaxy eventually with Ray. Right. So yeah. it's uh, it, it, 
but if you stripped away the corporeal, it's almost like the the daughter has been trapped inside a corporeal vessel, which is not where it's supposed to be, which is one yeah. of the reasons why the dark side managed to win in uh, yeah, that's, the Sith. That's right? really interesting. Like, I I think um I think Mar Maul is taking on the aspect of being the death death in the galaxy, yeah. right? Like destruction and death and uh to to fully be that he has to be incorporeal yeah. and dead and he died right so he still can continue and he's sisyphus right sisyphus yeah. can't die he has to be eternally punished yeah so he has well, to come back literally he has to yeah and so oh. but i think it has to be in relation to ahsoka i don't think yeah. that there's a choice i think it's that like eternal like wheel thing right so yeah. they they fulfill those things for each other and to actually have sam play like and i have this i did a whole meta on it on how like maul is related to snakes and snakes are psychopomps and um ahsoka is related to birds and birds are psychopomps and they both exist inside of the underworld or the afterlife and outside of the afterlife. Yeah. So I, I just, if, if, if Maul comes back, I will yeah. win the biggest award of the nerd who knows mythology enough to guess this. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I am fully on board. Uh, you've, you, you, you've, you've won me as a supporter in this and I'm going to be super disappointed in the Ahsoka series if that's not what we're doing now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because Darth Maul is one of those characters that from episode one, I was like, I going in, I was like, oh, he's going to be awesome. And then coming out, I was like, he didn't really do anything. He just kind of twirled a lightsaber around a lot. Yeah. Just a, he was all flashing. And, and they, no they made him an excellent character. Yeah. And, yeah, I think and, then, and then Clone Wars and, and Rebels just like elevated him to this other place. It took bringing him up because I love Obi-Wan so much, making him the, the other sort of side of the coin to Obi-Wan's story. Um, and so integral to that, it's like he, he, he rose up the ranks and became one of my top characters by virtue of that. Um, and, yeah. and so to have him come back, I, would be fantastic. It, I, well, I it accomplishes see. several things, which is that he has a pre-relationship with Ezra, which is the end goal of what yeah. Ahsoka is after. And actually, it would be really interesting if Maul was sort of like the shadow that was haunting Ahsoka for the whole series and there was yeah. like this deep like weird psychological thing going on where he was like talking with her and like haunting her it would be, be a really, really cool. great really great way to explain why she's like no i can't train grogu right because yeah. like because we never really literally got... i have this like yeah evil thing that is always around me because we are a balance in the force all the yeah. time this is that this is so why cool. i'm isolated this is why i've gone hermit because i have this thing i have an infection and i don't want it to spread to anybody else sort of thing right like i have to stay away from i have a mall <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like, all checked out yeah <laughs> yeah like we didn't we didn't really see the convery we didn't really see the yeah. um we didn't really see the the first L. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know I I just I think mythologically you can't have the light side without the dark and that's something fundamental yeah. that uh, good old Dave Filoni actually does know and was taught by 
George, and he's been pretty clear on in speaking about it. So what is the thing that balances out Ahsoka and the galaxy? And I don't know other than Maul. And Maul has had, um, you know, mystical encounters with the underworld and, uh, yeah. you know, when he was reborn and uh, birthed from the underworld and, and you know, uh, reinvigorated. And how many times has he died, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, we got to wrap it up at some point yeah because uh, this is what we said it's like you and i like we, we could just end up going for hours and hours i was like well i think we'll do a tight hour it'll be good no we didn't i but it was but it was good i uh we, we covered a lot of territory we talked about a lot of stuff i am sure that a lot of people listening are now uh, very interested to go back and, and listen to, to a lot of the episodes that you brought <laughs> up. So you've done a very good job of selling them on, on what the force, uh, which I've been trying to, I, since I started listening, you, every, everybody will tell you I was obnoxious last year of like, and then I was listening to this episode of what the force and Marie Claire was saying, and like, I would just like, like my episodes would end up just being recaps of your episodes. Um <laughs> So I can't endorse it enough. Uh, I I I love your show so much. So thank you. Um, but I for people who want to listen to it, how do yeah. they do it? Where do they go? Uh, Give them the whole spiel. So like you can check out what the force on any of your pod catchers of choice so you listen to podcasts um you're listening to this podcast presumably <laughs> you can look listen to what the force you just search for what the force and i believe that we are the only what the force on most podcatchers. um you can also search for what the force on t on youtube uh which we publish all of our episodes just as podcasts on there uh if you want to follow us we're on twitter at wt force show and we also have a website, whattheforce.ca, where occasionally we publish articles. And yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. also listen to the podcast there. And uh, we have a sister show called What the Fiction, which um, covers everything that I want to cover that is not Star Wars. Yeah. No specifics. It's covered Asian dramas, Marvel shows. I did a meta video on Queen's Gambit. You get it all. <laughs> yeah. Lots of lots of really really good Marvel stuff right now uh, that you guys have been doing, uh, uh, yeah, fantastic, awesome. Uh, well, uh, you you guys know the whole deal over here, uh, Star Wars FMI on uh, all the social medias and whatnot. Like I said, Rebel Cells, we we did the whole season of Bad Batch. Um, the last time that I talked on this podcast, maybe I didn't sound like I was so hot on the idea of Bad Batch. I am uh, uh, not too proud to admit that I was completely wrong and I ended up loving Bad Batch. It, it ended up being completely different from what I had pegged it as. And, uh, and I had a really, really good time um, going, going through season one of that. Uh, and, uh, and it's actually become one of my favorite Star Wars things in the last couple of years. So, uh, so yeah, definitely go check out Rebel Cells if you haven't listened to that stuff or you somehow missed that. Uh, and, uh, and, and like I said, we'll be back with, with monthly, it's not quite monthly every four weeks. Cause it's fit into the larger thunder quack ske schedule of my, uh, uh, other recording and whatnot over there. So we'll be back in four weeks. I don't have a guest lined up. I have a few people that I want to 
that I want to bug. Uh, so I, 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 and, and there's a few people that I know that I can, if in a pinch, I'll just bring them in. So I <laughs> will have some good conversations for you in the next little bit. I uh, should be probably four. I think I looked at it. I think it's four episodes before we get into that danger zone of when book of Boba Fett starts. And then, and then I, I, and then we'll be into the weekly uh, conversations about book of Boba Fett. Yes, man, that's coming up fast. That is coming up. It is, fast. yeah. I, I, we got to be getting a trailer probably within the next four to six weeks because I can't predict how Disney is marketing anything because they're like, hey, um, we're not going to tell you anything about Hawkeye until like six weeks before it's coming out. Um, and then all of a sudden here, there's a Spider-Man movie coming out. I guess we'll give you a trailer. I don't know. You're going to see it regardless. Who cares? I, I can't, I can't, I can't peg Disney at this point. Cause they're like star Wars. What's a star Wars. Um, they just, they don't, they choose not to market any of it. They're like, we got an anime coming. Um, Maybe once the anime is out of the way, once Visions is out of the way, we might hear a couple of things about Book of Boba Fett. So gear up for that. Well, actually, I, dumb, dumb. I should have said this first. We'll be back with an episode of Rebel Cells probably within the next week or two to talk about Star Wars Visions. It'll just be like an overall thing where we probably won't get too into the nitty gritty of each individual story. But uh, um, but uh, but we'll, we're going to talk about the whole thing over there with with Joe and Kyle. Um, but, uh, until then, un- until the next episode, thank you so much, Marie Claire, for, for being on the show. This was everything I wanted and more. So it was, it was, oh, uh, it was fantastic. You're welcome. And, uh, and hopefully we'll have you back in the, in the future. If, uh, if, if you're so inclined, it's, <laughs> it's up to you. Depending uh, on my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I th- thank you so much for being on. Everybody go check out What the Force and What the Fiction and uh, and and we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.